everybody, welcome back to the Greenlight Podcast. Greenlight? It is Jackson here. And Lauren. And we're back. I was gonna do something. I was literally thinking about something to do at the start of this episode, and I just completely forgot it. So, thank you for listening. Thank you for, for coming back and joining us. Um, we're here back to our normal format, because last week we had our, our, our special episode. I guess our old format, which used to be the norm, but now we're back to the norm norm here. Now. Yes. Right now. Right now. Right here, right now. Uh, so, uh, before we get, I guess we'll say what movies we're talking about this week. That's so right. we're back to, well, I guess, is yours old? Is your movie old? Huh. Didn't even think about that one, huh? It's 2019, so... You know, old old relative to our new movie, so I will be discussing uh, the recently released Jungle Cruise. That's right. And Lauren, what will you be discussing? Next Level. Next Level. A 2019 movie that you probably haven't seen. Yeah, and you're probably better off for it. But, you know, we'll we'll wait. We'll we'll get to that when we get to it, you know? I mean, Um, I'll show my hand a little early, but yeah. (laughs) And that's okay. Uh, Before we jump into all that, before we talk about those movies... About them, if we would green light them, a little housekeeping. Uh, so first off, please rate and review us on iTunes. Um, we've checked; you haven't done it, so yep, a little sad about that. But I guess Big we'll move sad. on. Uh, Lauren, talk to them about our Patreon, eh? Yeah, so Patreon, cool stuff happening there. Um, for both of our shows, we actually um we had a listener from Who Is That who um found a way to get us the UK Mass Singer. So yes. we are going to be watching that not just found a way to get us to it literally screen recorded and sent it to us (laughs) why because that's um probably not legal (laughs) oh (laughs) yeah we'll 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 cut that anyways they found us a way to get it to us which is and we uh, really really appreciate very incredible took a lot of time and energy of them to do that so we really appreciate it yeah so we're going to be talking about the uk mass singer on our patreon and we will also be doing our regular regularly scheduled content on patreon um so that is a green lit every month this month we're going to be doing the blues brothers we gotta do that yeah uh, so that's exciting. So we will be pairing that movie with a beverage and giving you our thoughts. Yes, shout that's out. Jackson's dad's like favorite movie. Shout so. out to my father. So yeah. uh, we should have a fun time uh, yeah. watching that and drinking to it. Exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. Other stuff happening on Patreon. We we have a road trip up from June. We're going to be doing another one in September. Oh, gosh. That's next month, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that is next month. Interesting. That's correct. Um, uh, so yeah, we'll be Yeah, we'll lots be of doing stuff that. cranking on Patreon. Yeah. Also, uh, like and follow us on social media, please. TGL TGL underscore pod. We hit 200 followers on our Instagram. We did. Very is, exciting. Which so is pretty cool. Guys. Yeah. And then uh, also. At Greenlight Pod on Facebook. Yes, correct. And our other, uh, speaking of our socials and just our other content, uh, for who is that, uh, that's going to be coming back. Our official uh, episodes are going to be coming back yes, soon in about three Mass weeks. Yes, because the Singer, uh, oh gosh, that is like three weeks. The yeah, Mass Singer season yourself. six premieres on September 22nd. Yes, it does. So, so yeah, we'll be uh, back soon. Yeah. So get excited for that because we definitely are. They've already started releasing some of the uh, masks and costumes. Yeah, and, uh, I would die for they look hamster. Really dope. Ha- a hamster is possibly the best one I've ever seen. So uh, very adorable, <laughs> very cute. Headphones. Yeah, he does. Uh, so I guess without further ado, shall we dive into our regularly scheduled programming? Let's dive. You want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I am open to either. I think you went first last week. 
I so, think so yeah. or last time we did this format. So, shall I start us off? Sure. Shall I kick us off? Jungle Cruise. Let's kick us off with uh, on a high note, and then we'll <laughs> we'll go very low. Jungle Cruise is a 2021 film released on, if I'm not mistaken, July 31st. So this one is very fresh out, fresh off the boat, if you will. Yeah. Because uh, there's a boat. Anyways, so let's st- first start with this. Really weird summary from IMDb that I just think the phrasing is weird, but is the official one on IMDb. It's based on Disneyland's theme park ride, where a small riverboat takes a group of travelers through a jungle filled with dangerous animals and reptiles, but with a supernatural element. I just think that's super strange, the way they wrote it, but with a supernatural element. And while that's correct, um, here's another one that might be a little better. This movie follows the captain of a small riverboat, played by Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who takes a scientist, played by Emily Blunt, and her brother, played by Jack Whitehall, through a jungle in search of the Tree of Life. So it gives you a little right. more in-depth as to what this is. Uh, and I will talk about the the ride uh, as we get more into it. But uh, yeah, so that's essentially what this is. Uh, the Rock plays a skipper. Uh, and he is uh, charming, as he always is. And uh, Emily Blunt, they both want to find this tree of life. And, uh, you know, the rock's been searching for it. He can't find it, but Emily Blunt really wants to. Uh, the rock is in a need of a bit of money because he recently, uh, the guy he works for, played by Paul Giamatti, is not the best fella. So uh, he's in the, he's in a, some search of a money. Emily Blunt's going to provide that money to him in uh, by providing him service to the providing her service to the tree of life uh there are some obstacles along the way in the form of some 400 year old supernatural beings uh and it's a jolly good time i'll say uh so before we jump into more of that let's talk about the specs of this movie so this is directed by i might mispronounce the name uh jamie colette sierra sarah um so this person it's interesting they've directed a strange like different like collections of movies so i'm just going to talk about uh, a few of those collections so they've directed two directed two liam neeson starred movies uh non-stop and the commuter they've directed two water-based uh projects actually three uh two episodes of something called the river a tv show they directed the shallows and they also directed this and now they're also direct directing two rock-based projects the jungle cruise and they are also director for the upcoming black adam movie okay. so uh kind of a fun different collection there yeah uh, so this movie was written by Michael Green, Glenn Ficarra, and John Riqua. Uh, Michael Green actually all, also worked on two episodes of The River, which I assume is kind of where uh, there's crossover there with writer and director. Uh, written a lot of a lot of things, actually, and some, and some really good things. Uh, it, TV written episodes of things like Heroes, Everwood, Smallville, things like that. Also American Gods, which I know you read hey. and enjoyed the book of. Uh, as far as movies... Uh, wrote Green Lantern, but also wrote good movies like <laughs> Logan, Blade Runner 2049, Murder okay. on the Orient Express. Uh, so kind of a, a, a stacked resume there for Michael. Yeah. Uh, then we have Glenn Ficarra and John Riqua, who uh, seem to be writing partners. Uh, a lot of comedy writing between the two of those. So I imagine sort of the action elements coming from Michael, the comedy elements coming from, from this duo. Uh, they wrote one episode of The Wild Thornberries. Hey! TV show, which we uh, actually just did on our Greenlit episode yeah, for our Patreon. Yeah, the Wild Thornberry's movie. Yes, so uh, listen to that if you haven't. Uh, Bad Santa, Bad News Bears, Cats and Dogs, Bad Santa 2, and Smallfoot. So Whoa. a lot of comedy stuff there. Uh, a lot of bad things there. Not quality-wise, but just in the title. 
So let's talk about who stars in this, Lauren. As I mentioned, we have Dwayne The Rock Johnson yes. as Frank Wolf. He's the skipper. Uh, charming, punny. Uh, I'm not even going to talk about The Rock too much because you know him, and I, we've definitely mentioned him on this show before. Obviously got his start as a WWE wrestler, transitioned to acting, and is probably the biggest action star working today. So if you don't know who he is, uh, you're living under a rock. Ah. Uh, next we have Emily Blunt as Dr. Lily Houghton. Um, she also, we actually recently talked about her because of A Quiet Place 2. Yes. Uh, so I won't go into detail there. Uh... I don't know if I mentioned that she was in Looper when we talked about her there, but I think that's my I think we favorite. Did, yeah. Well, that's my favorite movie that she's been in. Um, so maybe not, not my favorite, like favorite performance, but favorite movie that she's yeah, been in. Yeah, I would say possibly my favorite performance of hers is actually in uh, either The First Quiet Place or Edge of Tomorrow, mm. which is uh, also a great film. Uh, next, we have Edgar Ramirez as Aguirre. Aguirre. Uh, one of our de facto bad guys. Um, he is one of those 400-year-old uh, uh, beings that I was talking about yes. earlier. <laughs> um, he, he got his start to American audiences. He, he, he worked on some uh, Spanish-speaking projects before. But American audiences in Wrath of the Titans and Zero Dark Thirty, both in the same year, both pretty big projects. Uh, but he's also done other things like Hands of Stone, The Point Break Reink, and he was also in Girl on a Train, which starred... Emily Blunt. Hey! So they have worked together in the past. Even though they don't really interact too much in this movie, but, you know, they have some some brief moments. Next we have Jack Whitehall as McGregor Houghton, who is uh, Emily Blunt's character's brother. Yes. Uh, He's a British comedian. He started off as a child actor, actually, and then pursued comedy. Uh, Since then, he's been in projects like Bad Education, The Nutcracker in Four Realms, and The Good Omens TV show. Hey! Which is kind of fun. Wait, he's not... He's not a zero fail, is he? No. Okay. No, no, no. That's that's Michael Shannon. That oh, that's right. That's right. That's yeah. Right. Okay. Well, because I I specifically remembered like uh David Tennant was um I can't remember his name now. Clausen. Um, Clausen. I don't know. The demon. Yeah. But I didn't remember who a zero fail was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. Next, we have uh Jesse Plemons as Prince Joaquim. Uh, but he pronounced it a, a funny way in the movie. I can't remember what it was. Uh, I love Jesse Plemons. I think, uh, he is probably one of, uh, uh, the best working actors today who's very underrated at what he does, I think. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, every time I see him, he's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so funny and just really talented. Yeah. Um, I first saw him in Game Night. Uh, which is ah. a great film that uh, we should watch, actually. We really should, because you always talk about it, and, and I still haven't seen it. I hope it's not, I hope it holds up. I think it does, but I ju- I've just talked so many good things about Game yeah. Night. I, when Lauren finally sees it, she's probably going to be like, this sucks. Uh, anyways, uh, he was also in The Irishman, Vice, Judah and the Black Messiah, Black Mirror. Uh, he was He was on oh, the Star Trek. He was, that's right. He yeah. was that guy. Yep. That's right. USS also Callister. Yep. And then he was also, I think his big break was on the Friday Night Lights TV show. Yes. So that's where you got to start. Then we have Paul Giamatti, the final person I'm going to talk about. He's the GOAT. Uh, Long, illustrious career, career, over 113 credits. Uh, For me, most notably, Big Fat Liar. Mm. That's the one where uh, Frankie Muniz uh, and his partner in crime turn him blue. (laughs) All blue. Have you seen Big Fat Liar? No. It's another one we got to put on the list. Okay. Anyways, so moving on uh, to sort of just about this movie, I have a few fun things, I think, to talk about here. Uh, So let's just first talk about this movie itself. 
Uh, and uh, just some some interesting facts, I think. Uh, so plans for this actually began in 2004. Wow. Which, if you can remember, if you know your film trivia, if you know your films based on amusement park rides trivia, you yeah. will know that is a year after uh, the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie came out. So obviously that was very successful. Disney sort of wanted to capitalize on that. But this project sort of lay dormant until 2011. Uh, and this version of the film that they had actually was in talks uh, to star Tom Hanks and Tim Allen. I don't know who would have played who. I huh. imagine... So uh, it was going to be just all men then? That's kind of what I'm thinking. I imagine uh, Tim Allen probably... Well, I don't know. I would think Tim Allen would play the skipper and Tom Hanks would play the doctor. If I had to guess. Yeah. For some reason in my mind, I thought you said Tom Cruise somewhere in there. And no, I was I like, not. I guess he would be the skipper, but... Yeah, Tom Hanks and Tim okay. Allen. Uh, yeah, but they both seem a little derpy for this. I don't know. Yeah, a, <laughs> like a little for, bit derpy. For either of them to be the skipper. Yeah, for sure. I, th- I think, yeah. I don't know. But obviously, as you know, neither Tom Hanks nor Tim Allen were in this film. Uh, so that version fell through. Um, and then The Rock joined the project in 2015. Uh, then the rest of the cast followed in 2018. Uh, fun fact also, uh, this movie was almost directed by Patty Jenkins, the director of Wonder oh. Woman. Uh, the Rock really uh, liked her work after seeing the first Wonder Woman yeah. uh, and sort of vied for her, but she ended up not uh, getting the role. Uh, and this version of the film obviously is the closest thing we have to today. Uh, it started filming in 2018, obviously. Uh, 2019, COVID sort of pushed back some of the post-production stuff, mm-hmm. and it was released in 2021. So, as I mentioned... Uh, this movie is based on a Disney ride, and so I want to talk a little bit just about that ride that it's based off of. Uh, so have you Jungle been on Cruise, it, no, I have not. I have the it Disney World one, correct? Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disney World. So, oh, are you talking about the Disneyland one? Well, so the Disneyland one was actually the first one, and I will sense. I will get to that in a bit. Uh, so Jungle Cruise, formerly named. Uh, Jungle River Cruise, uh, is a riverboat amusement ride located in the Adventureland theme section at various Disney theme parks worldwide. The attraction is a simulated riverboat cruise that travels along a waterway using a concealed guidance system through areas with Asian, African, and South American themes. The movie, obviously based in South America, um, but, you know, different parts of the world where this is in have different sort of themes, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, park guests board replica steam launchers from a 1930s British Explorer's Lodge, and audio animatronic jungle animals are displayed throughout the ride. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, as you sort of know if you've seen this movie, uh, or have been on the ride, a live Disney cast member acts as the tour guide and boat skipper that, uh, loosely follows a rehearsed script, uh, providing passengers with a comedic narrative, and obviously, as we sort of get to see in the movie as well with the Rock's character, uh, they're very punny people. So, <laughs> so a lot of puns, a lot of sort yeah. of dad jokes, uh, <laughs> that sort of, uh, permeate uh, the skipper's dialogue. So the first installation of the ride was featured at Disneyland for its grand opening. So one of the first rides ever at Disneyland in 1955, and it has since been revamped and improved. Uh, Now, funny enough, uh, so obviously Jungle Cruise the movie was based on Jungle Cruise the ride, but Jungle Cruise the ride was actually based on two different movies. (laughs) Uh, One of them being the 1951 adventure film The African Queen, 
um, starring Humphrey Bogart. Uh, and it was also inspired by the 1955 documentary The African Lion. Hmm. Um, and while obviously the ride is humorous, it was uh, also intended to be, you know, just sort of a realistic, like believable voyage. Yeah, through the world's jungles. Uh, so the Disneyland one opened in 1955. Uh, Disney World got its own uh, opening in Magic Kingdom on October 1st, 1971. Is it really in Magic Kingdom? I thought it was in Animal Kingdom. Uh, this says Magic. Odd. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. That just seems like out it of would character. make sense for Animal Kingdom. Well, because especially Animal Kingdom is divided into like you know, there's the like Asia part of Animal Kingdom, there's sure. the Africa part of Animal sure. Kingdom. Like I want to say, there's also a South South America part of Animal yeah. Kingdom. Sure. So that's that's strange. I, I guess it is possible because maybe it originally was in Magic Kingdom and maybe they might have moved, moved it to Animal yeah. Kingdom because yeah, I don't yeah. know if Animal Kingdom existed when it first came to be. It didn't. Yeah. yeah. So that's quite possible as well. Uh, it first arrived at Tokyo Disneyland in April 15th, 1983. And finally, the most recent iteration arrived at Hong Kong Disneyland on September 12th, 2005. So I think uh, one thing that you can tell from this, partially because of how many actual uh, installations of this ride are, mm-hmm. is that it's one of Disney's probably most successful attractions, Yeah, I would say, you know, um, probably one of its most well-known as well. So it makes sense to sort of base a movie off of this. Once again, that the ride was also based off movies, which I think is pretty fun. So last thing I want to talk about before I get into my thoughts are movies based on amusement park rides. And actually, as I was looking into this, and it makes sense because obviously Disney sort of holds... Uh, the biggest, you know, amusement parks, uh, they're probably the most well-known, yeah. like, amusement park place. Even though I will say that Disney is definitely more about the attractions sure. than the, like, thrill of a ride. You Which know I, I, mean? I think sort of leads more into making movies about them. Definitely. They're, they are more narrative than, like, oh, boy, there's five loop-de-loops on this ride. Correct. You know? So I think that helps because all of the movies that I'm going to talk about, and most of the ones that I could find, really, are based off of Disney rides. Yeah. Uh, so let's go just in order of um, when they were released. And some of these I don't have as much information on, and it'll be quicker. Uh, so the first one, uh, Tower of Terror, 1997, uh, was a made-for-television movie based on the Ooh. theme park uh, attraction, the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Um, Which I guess is also based on the Twilight Zone. <laughs> uh, well, apparently it has no no correlation to it. Really? <laughs> yeah. I don't know how they were able to to pull that one off. I don't know. Yeah, because it's that's definitely like... Again, I have been on the the Tower of Terror, oh, and yeah. they make it like it's very explicitly Twilight Zone. Like they like show clips from the Twilight Zone. Maybe it or is, or at then. least ones that are supposed to emulate the Twilight. Zone. Sure, maybe it is explicitly based off. Of, I I thought I read that it wasn't, but I I could be wrong. So, uh, no stats on the successfulness of this one be, or the success of it because it was a TV movie. Uh, but it sort of led the way uh, to our next one, Mission to Mars in 2000. Uh, based on the Disney ride of the same name, uh, the film depicts the first man Mars exploration mis- mission going awry. So this one a little more serious. Uh, it did fine. Uh, it made it was a hundred million dollar budget and did 111 million at the box office. So it didn't lose money, but yeah. it wasn't great. Uh, next we have the Country Bears. The Country Bears. The Country Bears. So, uh, this movie is based on the attraction Country Bear Jamboree, which is a stage show with audio animatronic figures, most of them who are bears, 
who perform country music, if you couldn't tell by the title. <laughs> uh, this actually is interesting because this is a very successful uh, uh, attraction as well at Disney World. It, it spawned two spinoff shows, one, the Country Bear Christmas Special, and another, Country Bear Vacation Hoedown, which is the summer version. So uh, another very successful. However, the movie, probably the least successful of all of these we're going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, it had a budget of $35 million and only made $18 million back. Whew. Um, I remember, I think I've seen this movie and I think I loved this movie as a child. Yeah. I think I loved it. Yeah. I'm sure it's awful. It stars Christopher Walken and I think it has some other stars as well. Yeah. You know, that makes sense though. Christopher Walken, like Muppet Treasure Island, Country Bear Jamboree. That makes sense. Yeah. I think I also saw this in person. I might've been to this attraction when I went to Disney World as a youth. Oh no, wait, sorry. Christopher Walken was not a Muppet Treasure Island. That was Tim Curry. Never mind. (laughs) Yeah, Christopher Walken, similar vibe. (laughs) Uh, Also got a 31% on Rotten Tomatoes, but you know, maybe holds a special place in my heart. Yeah. Next, we have the big one. Pirates of the Caribbean, 2003. Uh, this one's obviously hugely successful. Um, as we know, everybody knows Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, the franchise itself had a budget of around $1.3 billion, but made a, has made a box office of $4.5 billion. So definitely Jeez. a hugely successful franchise. I think there are six movies, five movies. Five movies and a six coming out, maybe. Um, so I have no idea. <laughs> the, it, it kind I of hit. I know there's at least five. Yeah, and like I said, the original conception for Jungle Cruise uh, happened right after this one. So, Uh, Final, uh, actually second to last, Haunted Mansion 2003, uh, a fun one, not necessarily critically successful, but uh, a fun one, uh, based on a ghost attraction at Disneyland and Disney World, uh, where riders go through a haunted mansion resided in by 999 happy haunts. Uh, and a budget of ninety million, and made one hundred eighty-two million. So you know, yeah, decent. We watched that semi recently. It was pretty good. We did. Uh, finally, we have Tomorrowland in twenty fifteen. This one's based loosely on the futuristic themed land found at Disney. Uh, once again, all right, uh, not great. One hundred eighty million budget uh, compared to two hundred nine million box office. So definitely could have been better. Sure. Now I'm let's get to sure, my thoughts. I'm pretty sure there was somebody I researched this week who was in Tomorrowland, but I don't think oh. I wrote it down. So <laughs> Gotcha. Well, we'll maybe. never know. So, uh, my thoughts on this. I like this movie. Okay. It was a super fun ride. Um, it felt like, now, (laughs) one of our, uh, housemates made the comments, uh, they thought this was going to feel like you were on an amusement park ride. And it did, but in a good way. Uh, like, there was plenty of action, it was action-packed, it never left you bored. Uh, but it wasn't, like, too much or, uh, gratuitous, I thought. Yeah. Um, I think the best part of the movie for me was the acting. I think The Rock and Emily Blunt are great. Uh, The Rock plays the skipper part really well, actually, and he delivers those puns, like, very funnily. <laughs> yeah. And um, you know, uh, Emily Blunt also great as always. Even the supporting characters, I yeah. think, uh, really stood out well. Um Paul Giamatti was great. great. Uh, he had a bit and of a smaller parrot. role and his parrot also great. And then uh like we mentioned Jesse Plemons is hilarious and Jack Whitehall did great too. Um I, the biggest downside I would say to this movie and this stuff doesn't I it just doesn't bother me, but to some people it does. This movie has a lot of CGI in it. Yes. And sometimes you can tell. <laughs> sometimes you can really tell. Sometimes you can really tell. So if that bothers you, you will certainly notice it in this movie. Yeah. Um, well, and it's kind of like, I don't think it really took away from the movie. It was just that there were a couple moments where I'm like, yeah, they ran out of money here. <laughs> yeah, which is you know? weird for a Disney movie because yeah. they have unlimited money. But, you know, if, 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 if that's something that you find issue with, it's, you know, you're going to find issue with this movie. 
Overall, though, I think you could do a lot worse. Uh, we were able to watch this on Disney+. Plus. Uh, one of our housemates, family members, rented it with Premiere Access. Yes. So you do have to pay. Um, it's not just on Disney+. Plus yeah. yet. Or you can see it in theaters. Or you can see it in theaters. Uh, this would be a fun one to see in theaters, I think, for sure. Yeah. Like, it, it, it definitely is one that would be worth it. We saw it at home and still had a blast. Uh, so either one, I think you would you would be, be good doing that. All right. Two truths and a lie, shall we? Yeah. All right. I don't know. I don't know about mine this week. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. Truth number one. The main theme song in the opening is an instrumental version to Metallica's Nothing Else Matters. It can also be heard underscoring throughout the movie. Number two. Emily Blunt's character is named Lily Houghton. Houghton is the middle name of Catherine Hepburn, who Blunt's character is heavily based on. Catherine Hepburn was one of the first women in Hollywood who challenged the conventions of her time by wearing pants, and also she was in The African Queen with Humphrey Bogart. Gotcha. There's a lot of information in there. I feel like part of it might be a lie, but Number continue. three. Pedro Pascal was originally supposed to play the role of Aguirre, but due to scheduling conflicts with The Mandalorian, Edgar Ramirez took the role instead. I buy that because he is kind of in Disney's pocket right now. So I'm going to go with the second one. I think part of that is true, but part of it is a lie. Eh. Was it the first one? It was the third one. It was the third one. That one was totally made up. I just huh. totally off the dope. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I gotcha. did buy it, though. I did buy it, though. I yeah. feel like I could also see him as her brother. I could <laughs> see that, too. He would have been funny as that, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. He'd be good at anything, though, let's be honest. True. Pedro Pascal's the best. Uh, I but, don't think yeah. I could see him as the skipper, but yes, aside from that. I could. I could. I think he'd be funny, but he wouldn't be as good as The Rock. Sure, for sure. But it's hard to be as good as The Rock. That's true. Oh, wow. Well, I get Okay, to, whatever. I, I guess you're coming to. back. Well, I and think that I one can was get a, you this week. Not even part of that one was true. That was just totally off the dome. Kind of proud of it. Okay. All right. Shall we move on to the next level? Let's move on to the next level. Oh, so, God. Oh, oh, God. So the next level is a 2019 film produced by Mar Vista. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to talk more about Mar Vista in a minute, but um, it is... Uh, low budget Hallmark. Have we talked about more Vista films? We have because they produce No Escape Room. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, yes that's yes, yes. another one I did. So Next Level has a 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb, which seems high, <laughs> but it only has 120 reviews, so it's probably the cast and friends and family, and it's that still got a 5.9. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, well, we'll give it something, but not too good. Yeah. So, um, so this is the summary on IMDb, and then I wrote my own summary because it really just didn't capture the essence of this film. I buy so, that. So uh, the film centers on teens who compete for Best Performer of the Summer. While at next level, a specialized dance slash hip hop slash songwriting performing arts program. Now, this is my summary. It's Kelly's first year at competitive girls performing arts camp next level. She's rooming with ultra diva Cin- uh, Cindy Stallings, next level veteran, and hoping to clinch Miss Next for the third year in a row. Mm. Cindy has the power to turn everyone against Kelly, whom she sees as a threat to her throne. Will Kelly be able to unseat the queen? Did you come up with that all on your own? I did. That was I really did. good. Thank you. Congratulations. Anyway, um, so next level. First of all, I did just want to say, um, this might have more reviews if it wasn't super glitchy on Hulu. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, were you here for the beginning of this? No, or I was Or you might not. have come in after class, I only class, saw the maybe. end, yeah. Okay, well, so this movie on Hulu said it was one minute long, and we were like, that's weird. Hmm. So we played it, and then when we played it, it said like, oh, hour 35, and we were like, okay, cool, cool, cool. But after one minute and the line, what do you have in there? A body? 
it cut and started playing some movie called Swimming for Gold, which I think is also Mar Vista. Mm. We tried it again, did the same thing, so we switched to Amazon Prime where you can watch it for free if you have Prime. Okay, there you go. So yeah, that's where you can watch it. Okay, so like I said, this is a Mar Vista film. Uh, their website is marvista.net. Ooh. It's a .net. Uh, like I said, Marvista's lower budget Hallmark, and I thought it was Canadian, but it actually isn't. They just have a lot of Canadian actors. It, they're based in Los Angeles. They might film a lot in Canada. They probably do, because it's it's cheaper. Yeah. Um. Anyway, a lot of people in their movies have Canadian accents, so I think that was part <laughs> of why I <laughs> sure thought about that. Um. So I did just want to read one quick thing from their website that I thought was kind of weird. Uh, it's their non-solicitation policy. So this is a direct quote. Marvista has a policy of not accepting unsolicited materials. Any submissions will not be read or reviewed. Marvista may currently have or in the future may undertake development of projects similar to any submissions received. Please be advised that Marvista has no obligation to you for use of literary materials containing elements similar to your submission. So if you send a submission, an unsolicited submission to Marvista, they can steal your stuff, I guess. <laughs> At least they tell you. I guess. At least they tell you. But that just covers them, I feel like. They're like, no, 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 it's on the website. You should have known. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, um, so here's some highlights of films that they have done. And I did tell Jackson in advance that because there was no trivia for this movie, my trivia is going to be three titles and summaries of Marvista films, and he has to choose which one is fake. Cool. But here's some other ones. A Chance for Christmas. Aw. A Date with Danger. A Dangerous Defense. Daughter in Disguise. Hostage House. Secrets on Sorority Row, Sinister Sorority, and Therapy Nightmares. Oh, A lot of alliteration. Yeah. (laughs) And then Therapy Nightmares. But there's so many more. There's so many more. I'm sure there are. Um, They also produce the DCOMs, 16 Wishes, and The Swap. 16 Wishes I have actually seen. That's starring Debbie Ryan. Oh, nice. Anyway, let's talk about some of the people involved in this. Um, Yeah, so... Like I said, this is a musical movie, so I am actually going to talk briefly about the um, music supervisor and also the choreographer. Um, yeah, I'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. This was directed by Alyssa Goodman. Um, so she's done a couple other things, but by far the biggest thing that she has done is that she has produced every single movie in the Cinderella Story franchise. Oh, yeah. So she was just a regular old producer on the original starring Hilary Duff, but she has been an executive producer on every single one since, you know, starring Selena Gomez, Lucy Hale, that girl from Austin Alley, that girl from A Week Away that's coming out this year, and then Mm -hmm. one other one whose name I can't remember. But, you know, there's literally six of them, and she has produced or executive produced all of them. Amazing. Yeah. Um, This is actually only her second directing credit after the standoff in 2016, which she also produced. Hmm. Um. She also produced 16 Love, which is a tennis movie. <laughs> Great. And Beverly Hills Ghost. Ooh, exciting. Sounds interesting. Yeah. Uh, this was written by, I never know if, if a name is written Byron, if you pronounce it Byron or Brian. What? What do you mean? If a name is spelled B-Y-R-O-N. It's Byron for sure. Oh, okay. For some reason, someone told me at one point it was actually pronounced Brian, and I was like, that's weird. I don't think so. Anyway, Byron Kavanaugh, which is a tough last name to have right now, but it's not spelled the same. Um, He has written lots of stuff for that, like, um, what is it, like Disney X or whatever? It's the kind of, like, you know, gamer skateboarder guy Disney XD? version of Disney XD. That's it. Oh, Disney yeah. XD. I'm familiar. Yeah. So he has written episodes of Cabin Fever, Gamer's Guide to Pretty Much Everything, and Kicking It. Nice. Uh, He also wrote five episodes for the Pat the Dog series, 
and he wrote the 2021 upcoming Marmaduke. Ooh. Animated. Remake? Yes. Okay. Um, let me see. The music supervisor of this, uh, this was surprising to me, was Andrew Lane, who also was the music producer for High School Musical. Ooh. And if you hear the music of High School Musical and the music of this, you'd be surprised too. He's got a style. Well, no, you'd be surprised because this is worse. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, this was choreographed by Alan Flex Kirk. Flex is P-H-L-E-X. Let's go. Um, so the reason I want to talk about the choreographer with this is because... There is so much elbow choreography in this movie. There's a lot of elbows. It's like they're doing the chicken dance. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Um, And it was actually kind of funny because I even, when I looked him up, because I, first of all, when I just looked up like next level movie choreographer, um, apparently there is a Canadian like choreography company called Next Level. So that was confusing. But I also just had so much trouble finding this guy. Like, I literally had to go back and watch the trailer and pause it on the big line of like big just chunk of credits at the end to find mm. him because he wasn't even sorry he wasn't even listed on IMDb for this movie he oh, wasn't strange. listed on the Marvista website for this movie hmm. very odd um, but yeah I I actually saw a uh, final performance from a workshop that he did at like a random dance studio and it was Ooh. very much the same lots of elbows he listen yeah. people don't use elbows He's enough. throwing the elbows up in the air they don't use them enough well. Um, okay, let's talk about the cast a little bit. Okay. So, this movie is, like, pretty much everyone is, like, actually a child in this movie. Yeah. Um, so, Lauren Orlando is Kelly. She's, she's one of the main girls. Um, she was 14 when this came out. Mm. She might, might have been 13. Very well could have been 13 when it was shot. Wow. Um, so I can't give her too much hate. You know, but yes. like, whoo, she has a Canadian accent. Yes, she does. All the time she was like, sorry, a boot. <laughs> like, yeah. um, you know, it was it was kind of funny. Anyway, she's apparently like YouTube famous. Oh, wow. um, okay. Yeah, she does a lot of like beauty stuff, lifestyle stuff, challenges, haul videos, whole nine yards, stuff like that. Um, but this is her first film role. She was also, she leads uh, a series called Total Eclipse. Or I guess led a series called Total Eclipse. Hmm, That's on Brat TV or Bratz TV. I've heard of that, actually. Yeah, I had never heard of that. But yeah. Anyway, so that's her. Uh, Emily Skinner was 16 when this came out. So again, might have been 15 during filming. Probably. Um, She started acting when she was seven. She started taking classes. And like someone said, hey, you should talk to this agent in LA. Oh, Los Angeles? Yeah. Um, she also has a competitive dance background. She specialized in acrobatic dance. Oh, that's cool. She was on one episode of Shake It Up, episode of Days of Our Lives, um, Austin and Allie, The Mindy Project, Sam and Cat, that's a Nickelodeon show, uh, Criminal Minds, and then a couple episodes of Wet Hot American Summer, First Day of Camp. So that's the Ooh, series version of that. I like that. Yeah. Um, she was also on 49 episodes of Total Eclipse with Lauren Orlando. Nice. She was on 24 episodes of Andy Mack on Disney Channel, which I've never heard of, but I guess that's a current Disney show. I think I've heard of it. I've obviously never seen okay. it, but... You also, like, your job is, like, submitting child actors for things, too, sure. largely. So, so I, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then 15 episodes of a show called Crown Lake, which I hadn't heard of. Um, I'm not going to get into, because those are the two main people in this, but sure. real quick, um, Chloe Lukasiak... Uh, she's 20 years old now, 18 when this movie was released, but her big thing, she's done some other stuff, but her, she actually might've been the person in Tomorrowland, now that I think about it. Oh, Tomorrowland. But she was on 118 that. episodes of Dance Moms as herself. So oh, she wow. is a okay. big Dance Moms person. Sure, 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 sure. And then last person real quick is Teddy Mellencamp. 
Ariave. Um, so she's Cindy's mom in this. She has a very, very small role that we actually mostly saw in that one minute part that we watched on Hulu. True. But she is most well known for being a real housewife of Beverly Hills, again, playing herself. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about reception and thoughts. Sure. So first of all, there are not enough Rotten Tomatoes reviews for it to have a score. So there's that. I also could not find a budget or box office for this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it is a little bit unclear, like what the reception actually was, but I have a pretty good guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, this, this movie, like, while I honestly was entertained watching it, it was like laughably bad. Sure. Um, and I, I totally understand like there, you know, everyone in this is like a child actor, so I'm not necessarily expecting the performances to be through the roof, but the, the way that the songs were incorporated into this was not creative at all. Every single song in this was formatted as like, it was in the context of an actual performance on the stage. Yeah. There was no like oh, you know, we're challenging the boys to a game of basketball. Let's have a song about it. Yeah. Or, you know, we're all fighting about, like, whether or not, I don't know, we should sign this petition to not have the guys come to our show night. Sure. Um, Let's have a song about that. None of that. They were all, like, actual performances at the camp on the stage. So, yes. And while some of them, I think, were somewhat narratively inspired, for the most part, they really weren't. Yeah. And, they were all relatively generic as well. Yeah, and I yeah, that's what I was gonna say. A lot of like probably at least half the songs, it had like one or two lyrics that repeated over and over, and that was like the whole song. Yeah. You know, so I think that they really could have found a better way to do that. Um here's a quote from a review of this movie from the rap that sums up a lot of my thoughts. Quote, Next Level is a song and dance drama about a summer camp for teen enthusiasts of this business we call show. Mm. The audience is informed in no uncertain terms in this movie's second scene, that this is one of the most prestigious organizations of its kind in the country. But we are informed in literally every other scene that the organization employs only two people Mm-mm. and is taking up space in a disused corner of a community college campus. Yes. So those are not my words. Those are somebody else's words. But I do have to agree. You know, this article also went on to say that this movie could have been more interesting if they had sort of, like made the plot wrap around kind of the space they had access to and made it more of an underdog story about a more ramshackle camp that had some really talented kids at it. Mm, yeah. You know, and I I agree. Like, I think that they kind of did themselves a disservice by trying to make this like, oh, this is the most prestigious thing, like the best choreographers, the yeah. best talent, the best facilities, when it clearly wasn't. Yeah, I think a, I think a, there like, are a it, couple I just instances didn't buy in that, movies. You know what I mean? Yeah, just in general where like movies will sort of handicap themselves by saying like, this is the best thing ever, and then people expect it to be the best thing ever, and, and when it's, it's not, not, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it's like, this article also said, you know, I did read this whole article, but um, it also just talked about how, like, yeah, this looks like a high school production, but also it was a bunch of high schoolers. Yeah. So, you know, I think that, like, I think that I definitely don't want to diss the actors for that, even though they weren't great, but they're also kids. Yes. You know, and I, I just think that, like, this movie could have done a better job of sort of going after something that they were actually capable of achieving yes. is my my kind of thing with it. Um, Next level. Yeah, there's that. Um, yeah, it honestly, I honestly was surprised that there were so many people who have written for Disney XD who produced a Cinderella story that I actually sure. really enjoyed, at least the original. Um, and, you know, like, produced the music for High School Musical and then 
put their names on this. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's about all I have in terms of my thoughts. So, um, as you may have guessed, this is a hard red light for me. Sure. Oh, I guess I would green light Jungle Cruise. I forgot to say. Yeah, that. yeah. Um, yeah. I would green light Jungle Cruise as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, not to end on a downer. Um, I was genuinely entertained by many parts of this movie, but um, yeah, you know, you guys can do better. Yeah. Anyway, two truths and a lie. Like I said, there's no trivia for this, so I'm going to give you three Marvista films. That are all ridiculous, and you have to tell me which one is totally fake. And I will right, say, the good. fake one, I didn't even draw it from a real movie at all. Let's I go. completely made it up. Props to you. <clears throat> okay, I don't know which one I want to do first. Um, truth number one. MIT, mom in training. This is real for sure, I feel <laughs> like. Keep going, though. Okay, MIT graduate Jennifer Wilson is a successful civil engineer in the greater Boston area. She never thought she'd need more than her career, and yet she feels something missing in her life. After opening up in her weekly Bible study group, the congregation encourages her to consider fostering children, and the pastor connects her with an organization that introduces her to nine-year-old twins, Chase and Casey. It's up to Jennifer to encourage the twins to let her in, but with a little luck and even more heart, they might be the ones to change her. Aw. Yeah. That's real, I think. (laughs) But go ahead. Okay. Uh, movie number two, Escape from Polygamy. Okay. A widow, Julina, moves to a new compound to marry the new husband whom she believes God has chosen for her. Her 17-year-old daughter is unhappy about the move, but things soon begin to look up when she meets a handsome young man also living in the compound. Julina and her new beau, Ryder, face new struggles as their relationship goes against the rules of the polygamous compound, and things only get more complicated when Ryder's father claims God has called him to marry Julina. Okay. <laughs> I don't know about that one. But so give me the third. Okay, film number three, Faith Heist. Oh, this sounds great. <laughs> Despite a devoted congregation, Monroe Baptist Church has seen better days as an, and is in desperate need of repairs. Reverend Wright turns to a financial advisor who promises a foolproof investment, but winds up embezzling the money and leaving the church on the brink of having to close its doors forever. The congregation must do the impossible. Pull off a heist to get their money back and save the church before it's too late. The second one was incredibly specific. And I am torn on whether that is, like, it's too specific and you did it, or if it's too specific and you didn't do it. <laughs> third one. Third one's fake. The first one is fake. Really? Yep, I made that I was, up. I was so sure about mom and training. That's good. That <laughs> was good, you. Lauren. Thank you. I could write for Marvista. Hire MIT, me. mom and training. And you, you really tied that all together. Look at that. Thank you. Well, um, yeah, I could not believe the Escape from Polyamory one was was real. That's crazy. And I, I will say I did because the two summaries I found of that were both very short. Yeah. So I kind of lumped them together okay. so it wouldn't be like unusually so- short compared to the other two. Sure. But yes, that, that one is 100% real. Wow. <sighs> Impressive. Okay, well, that's going to do it for us, folks, yeah. over here at the Green Light. Uh, thank you for listening again. We love you, we appreciate you, and we'll see you next time. All right, see you next time. <laughs>